0: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
1: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Stephen A's trolling of Cowboys fans really is exquisite. (laughs)
0: That's just really good.
1: Tune into the ESPN Daily podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters, presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. So, guys. Key, Jay, we, we all know about the mistake Dak made during the game, right? The Cowboys tried to run a draw with 14 seconds left. And 16 seconds is already getting nervous. 14 is like, oh, boy, this, you better not make any mistakes. And Dak did not get the ball to the official, which led to the clock running out. Then after the game, Dak thought fans were throwing things at the players. And that led to this interaction in his press conference. Listen.
2: That's sad. Uh,. I mean, you're talking about a team. You're talking about men that come out each and every day of their lives and uh, give everything to this sport, um, give everything to this game of football. Um, nobody wants to succeed more than we want to succeed. I understand fans and, and, and the word fan for fanatic. I get that. But um, to know everything that we put into this day in and day out, try our hardest. Um, nobody comes in in the game wanting or expecting expecting to lose. And um, for, for people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter – um, and, and be with us through thick and thin, uh, th- that's tough. I think they were
1: aiming at the
3: referees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they were. They were at the referees.
2: Well, <laughs> credit to them then. The thing that I don't love about Mets, this interaction. Mets, you can't you can't, yeah. you can't say don't throw things at players, but then credit to the fans for throwing things at referees. Well,
1: Jay, that's what – I mean, like this is what uh, – okay, so you weigh in on this. Here's what bothers me about it. D- what you just said, clearly, but, but when you think it through, Dak is like – we are try- we're giving it our all, and the fans should be there to buttress that, right? to support it, because we're giving our all. So they shouldn't – forget it, Of course, you shouldn't throw things at people, right? That's actually assault. But like, they shouldn't be booing. They should be cheering us, right? Oh, no, no, they're doing it to the refs. Oh, yeah, you could throw stuff at the refs, because why? They're not giving it their all? Like, Dak is like, look, if we, through some lack of perfection on our part, right, through some incompetence or lack of supreme confidence on our, uh, competence on our part, fail to get something done, understand we're trying our hardest. What about the refs? The refs, when they mess up, it's because they're not trying hard enough, so it's okay to throw at them? Or, or, or Jay, is it okay to throw at them just because the refs aren't on your team?
2: I mean, look, I, I, I have a lot of these in my life, I'm sure we all have, where you wish you can go back in time, like, uh, that probably wasn't the – the, the right thing to say. And uh, I, I think for Dak, this is one of those moments, right? I think if Dak could jump back in the time machine and go back to that post that presser, he would be like, all right, like, you know, I, I probably shouldn't credit the fans for throwing things at referees. I, I think I was a blunder on his part. But I don't think, you know, I, I'm willing to give him a pass on that because I feel like I've seen enough of the leadership in which Dak brings to the table on a daily basis, Max, that allows me to give him that pass.
1: Key. If that could go back in a time machine, he should <laughs> hand the ball to the official. <laughs> oh, Forget, Forget about oh, the postgame no. presser. <laughs> Perfect setup for you.
4: Well, I mean, look, it is what it is, okay, as far as the game goes. And if he decides that he wants to take a shot or two at the referees after an emotional game, so be it. I don't think he meant any disrespect. Uh, he doesn't respect the referees. I think for him. He feels at the end of the game, the referees are the reason that, just like coaches do things at the end of games, talk about referees and get fined for calling out their mistakes. I think Dak Prescott was emotional, and he certainly said that they should throw things at the referees good, but that's an emotional thing. That is not something that I'm going to sit up and take him to task on and try and make it seem like as a player – I wouldn't feel the same way when something goes wrong with referees in a game. I'm not going to do that. I I hear that. Not doing that.
1: It's a a moment he probably would want back. I would hope he would want back. It doesn't make him a bad guy, but everyone has moments in their life that that they're not proud of. It just so happens that if if you play football in the NFL, some of those moments will be for everybody to see and evaluate. But, you know, I'm thinking about even Key, if he's mad at the ref, for what? If you're aware that he's got to touch the ball, the ref probably don't bump into anybody because you're looking for him with the ball. If your back is turned to him, if there's no awareness, then, oh, yeah. Brain like, fart, man. Brain fart. It happens all the time
4: in professional <laughs> sports. Again, Tom Brady put up five fingers or whatever it was. Yeah. But, okay?
1: Well, that never happened to me.
2: But, but Max, <laughs> I'm sitting here watching the highlight over and yeah. over on a TV screen. And I, I'm, I'm just wondering, right, the amount of awareness. So let's say the old lineman is able to get out of the way. Dak then turns and hands the ball to the referee, referee who is trailing the, pre, the play. You may not even get that one yeah, second. Yeah, he, he didn't you give him himself enough time,
1: that. Jay. You're right. Like, Key, that's the whole thing. By the time you get there, even if Dak has perfect awareness, they may not get the playoff, right? Like, they, he had to get down before he did. And maybe the moment was too big for him. Oh, man, he would have been fine. What? Stop listening to these 16-second
4: takes that everybody keep trying to sell y'all on. I done been in this spot as a professional football player on both sides, on the offensive side as well as watching my defense try and stop somebody from doing this. So don't, don't fall into that
1: trap. Wait, that, what oh, trap, it's not though? Enough,
4: it's, 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 it's not enough seconds left on the clock.
1: Plenty of time, or else they wouldn't have called it. Key, here's the problem. This is the problem I have with your take here, okay? Now stay with me for a second. You, you went through the league, or you came up with certain principles that you understand to be sound and safe principles, and you won a Super Bowl and, and adhered to these principles, and you think some things over time, like I know what I'm talking about, they don't change, right? No, he's fine, it's okay. Sometimes this stuff can happen. It's the nature of things, right? My problem is this. If the, if the issue the whole time is Mike McCarthy, team discipline, clock management. And then everyone says, what if it comes down to that in the playoffs? And then it does. If your position is still, no, no, that's fine, then you have like a, almost like a religious point of view about it in the sense that you have a hypothesis, this is where I am with it, and it can't be disproven. No matter what evidence is there, you're going to be like, no, it's okay. Is that where you are with it? Like, what could have happened that would have made you say no good? what? What? Where
4: did it go wrong for Mike McCarthy at? He called the pe- play. Fourteen. He penalties. executed it. That's not clock bad clock management. If the damn quarterback hands the football to the referee, it wasn't Mike McCarthy did not walk on the field and take the football and give it to the center. You cannot blame the coach. But even if, if he- you want to tell me that the coach is responsible for 14 penalties and being undisciplined maybe the message isn't getting clear to the players because they're making mistakes which is costing them from a penalty standpoint but the penalties are not on the coach it's on the players
1: i mean this is but that's almost like a philosophical question no you're, it's a football one-on-one. Yeah, but That's no, no, That's no. all it you is. You can't pretend. Key, you can't pretend there aren't two schools of thought on this. One is you're taking responsibility as a former player saying, no, 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 the, the coaches can't play. But there's another school of thought that says, because this is how it always breaks down when stuff like this happens. Some people say coaches can't. Other people say, come on, man, why doesn't this happen to a Belichick team at the end of the game? Or Jay would say a Coach K team at the end of the game. Or you might say, Key, a Parcells team at the end of the game with the money on the line. And they point to the coach. 14 penalties, 80 plus yards, you know, a, a, a play in the middle of the field that gives you no margin for error, but there were several errors that resulted in a loss. So there, it's not like. It's only one way
2: it's of thinking about it. It's
1: easy to beat up Mike McCarthy. It's easy. You've been wanting to do
4: it. You and Jay been wanting to beat that's the dude up true. since no, he took the job. No,
2: that is not true. Well, to oh God, me. stop! No, no, that's no, that's so why true. do you get so emotional? Oh, with because this, y'all dude? just I'm,
4: making stuff up and it's
2: annoying. Stu- I well, no. Well, first off, first off, nothing. a couple of things, brother. He, and, he, and nobody's making not, stuff up. Rex Ryan didn't make it up. Dan Orlovsky didn't make it up. I'm not worried about Rex Ryan. Damian Wooden, Damian Wooden didn't make it up last night when he was tweeting, going on rants about. Dallas. Like, you have legitimate people in your space of football who are experts who give their opinion about wh- what they think of Mike McCarthy and how game management and poor clock management has translated to this culmination, Key. It's they not did like not they're bringing this out the of the game. They did I not didn't lose
4: the football game because of bad clock management by Mike McCarthy.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, one thing, Jay, is he's right. I have That's been. So let's I have stop. been down Jay, on McCarthy since I haven't the been. I, I haven't ha- been. You have not been, but But I've been down on him since the hire. I thought too much was made of his clock management. But I have to come around now and say, no, no, actually, this is end of the game. There was an issue with the clock. This is Jerry Jones. But it wasn't him. He owns the Cowboys, for people who don't know. (laughs) This is what he said after the game.
5: Is there any possibility of you making a coaching change? I don't even want to discuss anything like that at this particular time. No discussion about I mean, anything. Coming
6: out, coming out down 13 nothing. did this team look unprepared tonight? Again, I'm not going to discuss
5: uh, coaching, the preparation, any of those things. That's not, uh, that's not on the table. Uh, the game speaks for itself.
1: Clarence Hill Jr. joins us now from Dallas. Good morning, Clarence.
2: What's up, guys? How you doing? Going What's up, Geo? Doing good, man. Arguing, like usual.
5: (laughs) Of course,
1: of course. Clarence, do you hear, I mean, you've heard the sound, whether or not you heard it just then. What would you make of Jerry's comments right there?
5: Yeah, I mean, I I was there. I I was listening. I was, you know, uh, at that, you know, Jerry post-game, you know, interview, you know, as I always am. And, and, and again, I, I just don't think he's trying to make a move and wants to make a move. Certainly, he is shocked. He was surprised. He was very – he was, you know, just throughout the whole interview, he was choosing his words carefully. You listen to everything he said. Uh, He was choosing his words carefully. He was, you know, purposeful in what he was saying. He was talking about the the shock and awe of losing the game, how this team was built uh, to win. Uh, He did not expect them to lose. But when he came to Mike McCarthy, he he basically slowed down and said, you know, I'm not – talking about this right now, and that's not on the table right now. So, uh, at this point, we have to take him at his word that he's not going to make a coaching change. But my issue is that for who? Who are you moving on to? You know, and and there was so much talk about it. I know there was a story in CBS about, you know, he would move on and keep Kellen Moore. Why? What, What has Kellen Moore showed you this season, certainly yesterday, that he's ready for the top job over Mike McCarthy?
4: It, it, that's exactly my point, Chio. But I, I don't. You know what do I know? When you look at yesterday's uh, play at the end of the game, what uh, what was going on in the minds of the Dallas Cowboy players post game? Uh, what were they saying to you on a sidebar about the draw play and Dak Prescott not handing the ball to the referee?
5: You know, they didn't really talk about him not saying about the referee, and Dak was adamant that he he was coasted, handed to the center, and the center sets the ball, and the referee taps the ball and moves on. No one was, you know, complaining or or, or, uh, upset about how Dak handled it. They were really upset about the referees, and they thought they really had a second. Uh, I, I have a problem with the Cowboys continually complaining about officials and making it seem like the officials are taking the game for number eight. That comes from That's one thing that Chris talked about McCarthy about because he compl- has talked about officiating all season, and the players at the end of the day will complain about the officials, like the officials cost of the game. Even Dak Prescott, I'm very disappointed in Dak. He didn't play well during the game, but after the game, I thought uh, he's better than this when he tried to uh, basically – uh, fan the flames and say that he was proud of the crowd for throwing trash and debris at the officials as they're walking off the field. That's not Dak Prescott. He, he's better than that. You know, you you can't condone
1: throwing... Based on what are you saying that, Clarence? What are you saying? Like, he's, is he better than that? Like, we, he, he he had a yeah, good game against Aaron Rodgers that, that, that he lost. It wasn't his fault. But he's only... How many no, playoff when, games what, he won in his career? He's six years in.
5: When, when I say he's better than that, I'm talking about he's a better man than that to condone throwing debris on the field. Ah. Right. You know, everything we've known about Dak as the leader as a man. Agreed. Agreed. That, you know, that, that, that's what I'm talking about now. We, we, you know, obviously you you get paid $40 million. It, It, you know, that game was lost well before that, 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 uh, quarterback sneak, you know, he, he did not play well enough for the first three and a half quarters during that game. He has to play better in big moments. He was inaccurate. You know, he made some bad decisions, you know, uh, you know, all the penalties, the team was undisciplined. You want to kick Michael McCarthy's butt, talk about the undisciplined play of this football team. You know, they led the league in penalties. They had 14 penalties in that game. They cost themselves well before that last play. They can, you know, Jerry Jones, to me, you know, had the better best attitude toward the last play because he said, I'm not going to make it controversial because, you know, there was way more in that game that cost the Cowboys to win than that last play. Uh, he's not, he refused, he would legitimize uh the last play being as controversial and certainly as we're talking about it, and as the Cowboys talked about after the game, but as the, the the workings of that last play, you know, that, that could have certainly he could have slid earlier and stopped his run earlier to have more time. Uh he could have handed the ball back to the referee. You know, th- there were a lot of things that could have happened to give them one second. The question is, should they should that have been the call in the first place? You know, do, do you, is rather than throw the ball to a receiver, do something else to chance a run like that with 14 seconds that you're not going to have time. Those are all things, and that's beyond Dak precedent. That That's a, That's a uh Kellen Moore call. And, and there's a call that Mike McCarthy co-signed on. But exactly. all of that, you know, what was, you know, again, at the end of the day, I'm disappointed Dak condoned the fans
2: throwing trash on the officials. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one, Clarence. As it relates to Mike McCarthy and him kind of, you know, confirming the play call by Kellen Moore to run in that particular situation, the fourteen penalties, the fact that this team has led the league in penalties the whole year, uh, how does your view of Mike McCarthy change for next year? I agree with you that you can't go onto a different coach; it's going to be his. But like, how are you looking at next year for Mike McCarthy? What's on the line?
5: I mean, it, it's you know, I've said it from the beginning. You know, there was never a honeymoon for Mike McCarthy. He was brought here to win. Now. You know, and last year, you know, Dak was injured and and cost him eleven games. And not when I talk about winning, I'm not talking about getting to the playoffs and losing the wild card game. You know, they they did that under Jason Garrett. You know, he he was not here to be right, Jason Garrett part two and and not get to. They brought him to win. He was a proven, allegedly proven winner because he won in Green Bay. The veteran coach. He was brought here to get the Cowboys over the hump and get the Cowboys back to the Super Bowl. You know, with this team with this roster. Uh, with Dak Prescott a quarterback, and you know, if they don't make a change this year, you know, next year he's on the hot seat for sure. There's no question about that. Next year is his year, because this is never going to be a long situation where we're waiting for some ramp-up. This this team was at least according to Jerry Jones, built to win now. He talked about yesterday about them being healthy, you know, what he's investing in this team and his quarterback uh, to win this year. He thought certainly uh, they would at least get past the wild card round. He is He is disappointed, as he said, that he's been in a long time.
4: uh, Clarence Hill, Dallas-Fort Worth Star-Telegram, joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Clarence, when you look at – let me ask you this, because I've always felt this way about certain preparation and certain things when coaches start to garner attention. Uh, Kellen Moore, along with Dan Quinn, throughout the last couple weeks have – certainly garnering a lot of attention uh, toward becoming head coaches in the National Football League. Do you think that that got in the way of preparation in terms of the game plan, especially the way the San Francisco 49ers hand, handed them this loss?
5: No, I don't think so. I mean, Dan Quinn's a veteran coach, and, and certainly he, you know, he, number one, he hasn't even interviewed. You know, he, he has turned down an interview. He turned down objective interview. He doesn't interview it with anybody. You know, it just – his name has been associated, and Kellen Moore's only done one interview, and that was last week. And so I don't think that, that played a role uh, in, in, in how they haven't, you know, came out against the 49 now They got hit in the mouth. They get a defense credit. The defense played well enough. They got back in the game. You know, the defense got back in the game. You know, they, they got gassed early on, and, and they got back in the game and played well enough. They got the ball back twice in the fourth quarter. You know, so Dan Quinn's defense held up and bowed up, you know, to, to get a Cowboys offense a chance to win the game, the offense did not get it done. And, and I, you know, again, I go back to Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy. The Cowboys got the ball back with two forty-two left. Okay, with your forty million dollar quarterback with the ball in his hands with three timeouts. So, Clarence, I disagree. And then, so they, so that you don't. Know, if that's Aaron Rodgers, if that's Tom Brady, if that's whoever, you say this is why I paid him. Let's go win this game,
1: Clarence. I. I disagree that McCarthy's the right guy. I didn't think he was the right guy when he got hired. And I, I don't, you know, maybe they could win a Super Bowl with him. Maybe. We'll see. But Jerry Jones talked about there's, you know, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but a finite amount of time you have when you get a real good group of guys together to try to win, right? So they got a $40 million quarterback. He's talented. They have an offensive line, not what it once was, but not too shabby they got some real good players on defense. they got multiple receivers, running backs. They came up with a tight end. Like, they seem to have everything. How much time do do you think that this group has to find out if Mike McCarthy is the right guy or not?
5: If he doesn't get – you know, he's on the hot seat next year for sure. You know, he got one more year. Uh, at this thing. He got one more you know, bite at this apple, or, or he has to go because this was never going to be a long honeymoon, never going to be a situation where there you, you had a builder team to grow with Mike McCarthy. They were built to win now. So, you know, next year is that year for sure. Again, the question that we all have to answer, is as you contemplate even this year, moving on from Mike McCarthy, to who? You know, there's so much talk about, we got to keep telling more. You got to, you know, move him up. Why? What did he
4: what is he what did he show you yesterday oh, the, the season, was ready to head coach. <laughs> I would shoot chill? I am so with you.
1: <laughs> I think you can find a better <laughs> think, guy than Mike McCarthy. I don't think it would be that hard, but okay.
4: But, but you know but you
5: know but you know who's picking that guy, right? Who? The same got to pick Mike McCarthy.
2: <laughs> so interesting, Clarence. That so is Clarence Hill Jr., ladies Cl- and gentlemen.
1: Go ahead, Clarence. Great. Great point. Wow. That's Clarence Hill Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate it, Clarence. All right, chill. Appreciate it, right, Clarence. Right, so, guys, one franchise is tired of being pushed around, and on Saturday they proved they're now the man of the house.
7: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
3: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C dot g J-Will, and Max, the podcast.
0: Forget the Patriots. I mean, at the end of the day, this
2: is going to be the era of Josh Allen. That's a good team we just played. Guys were dialed in. They will lit it up just to play Colin. You're going to have to go through him in order to make a run. If they continue to do that,
4: they're going to the Super Bowl.
1: And look, I don't know if you heard about it, but the Buffalo Bills played a playoff game, a big playoff game. Won the division last year, but then the Patriots beat them in the wind and the snow uh, You know, at Buffalo. Can, they, can the Buffalo Bills really rest hey, this division from the hey, Patriots? Hey. Well, who better to talk to than a seven-time, seven-time first-team All-Pro mm. played for the Buffalo Bills, Steve Tasker. Steve, thanks for uh, joining us today.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it.
1: How did it feel watching uh, the Bills beat the Pats the way they did on Saturday?
0: um i think a lot of bills fans didn't know how to act um it, it never happened like that um that that game that josh Allen, and the bills offense put up and, and in conjunction with their defense um it it was reminiscent of the old time bills fans going back and where the bills beat the raiders 51 to 3 in the afc championship game in that same building it had that same kind of feel every bounce went their way every play was a perfect play call uh it was it was something special i um, the way Josh Allen threw the football and when he chose to run, I mean, it couldn't have been better. Uh, the place was absolutely drunk on joy. So it was uh, – I, I was shocked, you know, as the game transpired and got over, because I've been watching the Bills for, you know, 30-plus years playing and, and covering them, and then watching also the Patriots over those years, I was shocked at how the Patriots played. Um, they just didn't show up. And I was, uh, that, to me, is the most surprising. As, as good as the Bills have played, it was kind of a typical Bills win this year. Uh, but I was also surprised at how it went for the Patriots.
4: Steve, how much confidence does Buffalo take into Kansas City after this huge win against the New England Patriots, given the fact that they beat Kansas City early in the regular season?
0: Well, Key, that's a good question. Confidence is one thing. Um, and you know this, too, Key, you know as well as I do, confidence is a great coach, man. Yeah, so um, I'll say this. The Bills are probably the only team in the playoffs this year that probably look forward to getting that next shot at Kansas City. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to play great or score 60 points or anything, but I'll say this. that The Bills, uh, after the, the loss they took there last year in the AFC Championship game, um, I think the Bills are the one team that feels like they can go in there and get something done against the Chiefs team, even when the Chiefs are playing well. Now, the first time they played, we can all agree, Chiefs weren't playing like they are now. Um, and Buffalo beat, well, in fact, the Bills beat the, the Chiefs by more points this regular season than the Chiefs beat the Bills by in the AFC Championship game. Um, I think this is one where the Bills are going to be really motivated. They, they're they're going to play replays of the AFC Championship game last year, they, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to be highly motivated. And I think the Bills, like I said, are the one team key that will go in there welcoming the chance they get to take a swing. You know what I mean? They want to go mm-hmm. in there and see it. Let's go. And I think that's me- what makes this game a little different than, say, if it had been uh, – than, than, say, it was for the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Bengals or anybody else in the, in the tournament. I think the Bills are the one team that wants to go in there and take a swing at the Chiefs.
2: Steve Tasker, seven-time All-Pro bowler, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Steve, how specifically do the Bills have to do it?
0: Well, if they can play like they did against the Patriots, I don't, I don't know how you stop that. There's, <clears throat> the Bills could not have gained another yard offensively. Every time they got their hands on the ball, they went for a touchdown. They didn't turn it over. They didn't they – Six third downs in the game, none were over more than third and four. They converted all six of them, never faced a fourth down, never punted, ne- no turnovers, uh, good grief. Um, if they're going to do it, if it looks like it did and against the Patriots Saturday night, that's all it's going to take. Um, certainly, I think... This has the makings of a game a lot like the Monday night game in 2017 between the Rams and the Chiefs, where, where, you know, last team with the ball is going to win. I would love to see that. I think both these clubs have a lot of firepower. Bills walk in there at the number one scoring defense in the league. They got to feel a little bit more confident than they did a year ago. A year ago, they were a middle of the road defense statistically. They're like ranked 16 or something like that. Now they're ranked number one their pass rush is a little more consistent and they seem to be unlike last year where it seemed like the bills peaked a little early. This team looks like it's getting better and better every week. Now I don't know how much better they can get after Saturday night, but they're playing with some confidence and with their defense, uh, and their offense clicking the way it is, this is going to be, I think this is going to be a really good game. I don't, it's it's not going to be a runaway by either team because of the firepower on both sides of the ball offensively. Uh, but I think the the Bills are the one team that, that thinks they can go in there and make some hay. And if it if they're going to win, I think they're going to have to do it a little bit like like you've seen it. They got to win the turnover battle, they got to control the clock, and they got to score. They got to get at least points and more touchdowns than field goals. I mean, you can take a field goal once in a while if you want, but you've got to score touchdowns against the Chiefs, and you got to keep your foot on the pedal. A 17 point lead in the second early in the second half ain't going to cut it. You know, you got to keep your foot on the gas. So we'll see if the Bills have got all that under the hood, and we'll see if the, pay, if the, if the Chiefs can come out and play as well as we've seen them play a hundred times.
1: Steve Tasker, seven-time all-pro Buffalo Bills, great. Um, Steve, the Bills were tinkered with in the offseason in order to overcome the Chiefs, right? Like, that was the point. you got to beat the Chiefs. You're competitive, but you got to get over the top if they don't so far so good big as you said they the patriots didn't even look like they showed up the patriots on defense right the bills did whatever they wanted it was unreal is it a successful season if they don't get over the chiefs hump
0: no it's not uh it's not they they know that you know there's only one goal for this team right now the way it stands they 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 need to go to the super bowl and, and take a swing at the brass ring um that it won't be a successful season if they don't beat the Chiefs. But I'll say this. If they don't beat the Chiefs, it doesn't mean they need to blow anything up or change what they're doing. It, last year, and you can make this case, I thought last year, this Bills team was good enough to go in there and win. But they didn't play well the day of the AFC Championship game. And, Keyshawn, you know this. You can be as good as you want, but you got to play good on that day because yeah. the other team's playing good too. So. I think that's where the Bills were last year. They played extremely good football, went 13-3 and last year, but got to the AFC Championship game and played their worst football game in two months. Conversely, the Chiefs played their best football game and probably their best football game of the season last year in the AFC Championship game. And, of course, we know what happened in the Super Bowl. They didn't play well on game day uh, for all kinds of reasons. That's where the Bills are now. they got to find a way to play their best football on game day. And if they can do that, they're going to be all right. But if they don't, there's no reason for the Bills to say, you know what, we're blowing this whole thing up. This isn't going to work. We'll never get past Pat Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. I don't think there needs to be any of that because this is a team that's good enough to beat anybody when they play well. But and, they have to play time well.
1: time will tell. Can they be the kind of team that history will record as, as a bunch of guys who could play their best <laughs> when it mattered most? Time will tell. Thank you, Steve Tasker. Appreciate you jumping on with us this morning.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Keyshawn right, Task Mask. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. At, at this point, it's going to take some magic for one team to make a playoff run.
7: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop
6: by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
0: The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast.
2: Five down flex. Five down flex.
0: Jay's got five fingers up. That only means one thing. It's time to run the point.
1: Yeah, running the point. Jay Will, two-time, two-time national player of the year, along with national champion, Dijon J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Download the podcast. We're on your smart speaker. All right, guys, busy weekend in the NBA, and now it is time to run the point. Nets star Kevin Durant suffered an MCL sprain in his left knee in the Nets' 120-105 win over the Pelicans on Saturday. Sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that the expectation within the organization is for KD to return after a 4-6 week rehab with a realistic benchmark being after the All-Star break that's between February 18th and 23rd. Here is Coach Steve Nash after the game on his Stars injury.
0: It'll be tough to lose them. No um, one wants to see that. And uh, we'll obviously hope for the best outcome. But regardless of, of the outcome, we have to continue to work, build, and grow and, uh, and get better and compete.
2: You see, yeah. these are the things, Max, you wonder about is this a great three sprain? Because that seems like it's more on the serious side of somebody's taking four to six weeks to come off this injury. Uh, but this look, you're losing an MVP like player um, who would kind of drop him out of that race. But it does make the Kyrie Irving situation even more fascinating considering they're going to need the scoring. And I know that, you know, Woj came out and poo pooed. Uh, a lot of people were saying before that Joe could pay a fine, that the league wouldn't have that happen. It just it makes you watch that more and more considering. You know, this race for positioning in the playoffs as it comes about before All-Star break, Zach Levine just actually hurt his knee for the Chicago Bulls. They're depleted by some injuries as well. So it makes the Kyrie Irving conversation a lot more fascinating.
4: Yeah, this doesn't change much for me as far as the Brooklyn Nets go um, because, okay, they don't get a top seed. They, they fall somewhere down the line because of the injury. Uh, Kyrie's not going to play that many games anyway in the regular season. Uh, because everything is on the road. As long as they get in and KD comes back healthy, I think it's the same scenario in terms of him playing at home or playing on the road. Either way, I don't think it changes what they're going to be as a healthy unit come playoffs. But Max, can, you,
2: can you imagine if you're like the fourth or fifth seed and, and you, you get the number one seed or you get number two, like top four seed, you're like, wait, we have home court advantage and we have to play against Kyrie, KD, and home court, home court
1: disadvantage? because court disadvantage. I just please, basketball gods, let me see a postseason where I get to see these three dudes play healthy together. And let me have a little ramp, a little runway so they get into rhythm. I'm dying to see what it looks like. We haven't really gotten to see what it looks like. All right. After the Lakers' 37 point loss to the Nuggets on Saturday, guys, the second biggest defeat of LeBron James's 19 year career, even though you were allowed to have a 19 year career in the NBA, another franchise great weighed in with disgust. And this is a quote We as Lakers fans can accept being outplayed, but we deserve more than a lack of effort and no sense of urgency. Tweeted Magic Johnson, or someone who tweets for Magic Johnson. ...to his 5.1 million followers. Owner Jeannie Bus tweeted Magic's account. You deserve better. Here is Russell Westbrook being asked about Magic's tweet.
2: I do not have a reaction. Everybody is entitled in this world to their opinion. Um, regardless of what that is, you can either take it and run with it... ...or you can take it and put it in one ear or not the other. Um, or you cannot respond to it, but Magic's entitled to his opinion... And he's not here every day. He's not around us every day. He's not aware uh, of kind of what's going on internally um, with us and trying to figure things out. Uh, but I have no response to that. But like I said, everybody in this world is entitled to their opinion, and um, that's that. Max, I don't need to be around you internally on a day-to-day basis to see that you play like ass against <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. I mean, you almost lost you by You know 40? what that looks like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, and you lost close to 40 points to a team that does not have Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray. Like, the, the Nuggets are fighting, and Jokic is having a great year. But damn, by close to 40, you also lost to Sacramento. So, like, it, it's getting to this point where there are a lot of questions around, and when will Anthony Davis come back? where this team is defensively, because they rank towards the bottom defensively, they're not good defensively. And you're having all this happen while LeBron is putting up historic numbers, like coaching, questions around leadership. There's all these things looming around this organization. It's just a poor reflection of where they currently are right now.
3: Keith,
4: what do you think? I, I'm just
2: I'm listening to everybody
4: and their takes and what they feel and where they're at. I thought the Lakers would have been in a much better shape than they are right now, given the fact that I understand AD has been out and he's trying to get back, but just the wealth of talent that they have, that they would not be on a nightly basis getting run out of buildings. Um, Magic Johnson is Magic Johnson. He's going to feel a certain way about the Lakers and the franchise and the way that they should be playing and, and not getting taken to the woodshed the way that they have. I have nothing wrong with what Westbrook is saying. Um, You know, when you don't necessarily know what is going on, much like Westbrook said, about what they're trying to do to fix it because you're not there every single day, it's very difficult to comment on such a thing. But Magic is informed enough in basketball where he doesn't have to be there to know that the output isn't there and they're not playing winning basketball. Um, And by not playing winning basketball, it would be a shame for whatever weird reason the Lakers wind up being at home and not even making a damn playoff. Jay? That's where we're at right now.
1: One thing, and key, one thing that strikes me is Westbrook knows because he grew up in L.A. He knows you don't say anything about Magic Johnson, right? Like Magic's going to say what he says. It's not like Westbrook's going to clap back at Magic. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, whatever, whatever. I, I do agree with Westbrook about something, guys. I'm, I'm still – they're, they're more or less, Jay, what I thought they'd be awkward kind of island of misfit toys in the first half, if they have reasonable health in the second half, just mark my words. It's
2: going to look different. Max, that's fine. They give up 133 points to the Nuggets, 125 points to the Kings, 127 points to the Grizzlies, and a win against the Hawks, 118 points, and a win against the Kings, 114 points, and a win against the Timberwolves, 103 points. Like, they're giving up... over 100 points a game, Max, easily. There's yeah. a lot of questions around this team defensively. I hear you, you say they may figure out offensively, but this team ain't nowhere I think, close you know what to the it team is, it was Jay? two years ago They're
1: demoralized. I mean, I think they're a demoralized team right now, but I don't think they will be. In I, ju- I believe in Westbrook's second half. Now, playoffs is a different story, right? Like, let's see how it all works out in the playoffs. I think they're going to catch fire in the second half. I believe in Westbrook, and I'm glad he had the sense. I'm sure he would. To not clap back at Magic, right? Like, that's Magic Johnson. He sees, as you said, Jay, they're playing the way they're playing. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. It is. Yeah. All right. Last week, Jerry Jones said it was championship or bust for the Cowboys. So what's next after a first-round playoff exit? That's next. Keyshawn, Jay Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 8.